1: Morning Cleveland. As always the podcast on the road and I'm currently on a train to Heathrow to go to Italy. Jack how are you buddy?
0: I'm good. How's everything going? How was your trip um, around America?
1: Well mate it was uh, an awesome trip. Obviously I had to work in Detroit. Met some Browns fans in Detroit and then um, I spent uh, a couple of days with Matthew. We, we went to Bria. Uh, I saw Dorsey but I didn't speak to him. And I we uh, went to Klee Clothing. Uh, we saw Nathan Zaguro. We met um, Freddie Kitchen. Yeah, it was just a awesome uh, weekend.
0: Uh, I was following it all on your Instagram account. It was uh, it was good. It looked good fun. And uh... yeah, I didn't
1: I didn't post everything on Instagram actually. I, hit, I have, I've held some stuff back, and uh, I'm gonna try and do a vlog. So um, there's quite a lot of stuff that I haven't posted, which would be uh, quite good to uh, go back to, but. Meeting Freddie Kitchen, I've got to say, he's taller and skinner than he looks like in TV. Uh,
0: it's, it's good to know, because he, he does look a bit short and a bit round on TV.
1: Yeah, so a bit like myself, maybe. Uh, I come across maybe a bit short and round on TV, and maybe when people meet me, they still think I'm short and round. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it was great, and um, I tried to um, not talk to Freddie too much. It was Matthew's day, not my day, so... Um, But it was really nice that Freddie came up to me and goes, "Um, yeah, um, well done, Paul, for putting this on. I was like, yeah, cheers, Freddie, thanks. So, um, yeah, it's cool. So he knows who I am. And breaking news, I haven't told anyone this. I gave him a Paul Brown podcast T-shirt.
0: Whee! I love that. Hopefully we'll see it in an interview sometime.
1: Uh, I think more likely he's going to use it for a (laughs) dishcloth. And... Uh, but mate, I've got you. I've got your t-shirt as well, mate. So um, um, you, you and you and um, Kitchens have the same t-shirt now. So how does that feel?
0: That feels awesome. All right, so do,
1: Kitchens also got the uh, Hugh. I hate Hugh t-shirt as well. No,
0: <laughs> uh, that's that's one of my favourite t-shirts. Uh, I survived uh, the Hugh era.
1: No, but um, but it was just it was just a bit crazy. Um, loads and loads of in uh, DMs emails over the uh, weekend, like saying, wow, still on TV and uh, on, the, on, the, on the website. And then when you go on to Bleacher Report, and then obviously there's not a lot going on this weekend. And yeah, all the headlines, kitchen turns up, donates 1,000. It's really cool thinking that, um, yeah, the stories, half of it's I created and Matthew created the other half. So it's, uh, it, was all, uh, it, was, it was quite exciting at the time. Actually, didn't sink in at the time until I came back and started looking Hmm. over all the media stuff. And but anyway, but anyway, we've got a Paul and Jack show. Less about me, more about what's been going on.
0: So Gerald McCoy um, is obviously the big name to watch over the next couple of days. He's visited the Browns on Tuesday, which is the day you'll be listening to this podcast. He's due to visit the Baltimore Ravens, um, which is probably looking like our biggest rival with that signing. Um, if everyone listed to be believed, because his other two visits are to the Bengals and the Panthers, which the sort of noise from his camp is he wants to be in a team that's going to compete. So the Bengals and Panthers aren't that. Um, I don't even know how much the Ravens are. Um, I was expecting sort of the Pats, New Orleans, those sort of teams to be places he visited, but um, that's not there at the minute. So... I think at the moment it's looking like us versus the Ravens um and if he is true to what the noise is that he wants to compete then a one year deal with the Browns seems the most likely option what do you think paul
1: yeah i um i also had the colts mentioned in the in the uh, rumor
0: yeah so the colts were um as soon as he was released um, i thought browns colts um, most likely two landing places but they haven't really been um linked since then so uh no it's, it doesn't sound like he's got a planned visit to the Colts which is a surprise because I thought that's a really realistic move um maybe the price was too much for Chris Ballard
1: yeah and um, um I don't think I've said this online but yeah I was obviously there at Brea and uh I met some friends people I know obviously in the organization that are not Nathan and Boo, Bo and uh their words were um yes we are still here, it's holiday weekend, and we are waiting to release or and do the paperwork, but he has actually now left the building. So um and the feedback was it went really really well. This comes from a brown source, it went really really well with Dorsey. Um but he has left the building without signing anything. So that is direct info from bria And um I saw Dorsey running up and down the stairs. Uh, two or three times uh, at Brea, but yeah, I was very professional. I didn't do any uh, any shouting out or anything. You'd be very impressed, Jack, I was on my best behaviour.
0: Yeah, no, I, I think McCoy, he's quite a sensible bloke. He's 31. I think he's going to look at his options before signing anywhere. So um, I, I was never expecting him, unless we were going to go offer him a load of money um, for him to sign on day one. And if we were going to offer him a load of money, we'd have traded for his old contract on £13 million a year. So, um, no, I, I always expected he'd leave the building without a deal. Um, and I think we have probably find out on Thursday, Friday, where he's going to go. Um, so
1: you, Yeah, yeah I've, got, I've got some questions for you. Uh, where do you think he's going to play with the Browns team? And then the second part is, you're normally quite good at this. What do you, what's your guess that he's going to cost us? But if you want to start off maybe saying, where you think he's going to play?
0: Yeah, so I think it's going to be really, really close between him and Richardson, who starts at three tech. So it wouldn't surprise me if he actually starts at three tech if he signs with the Browns. Um, but if you're looking at, say, Ogunjobe, um Richardson, and... Um, McCoy, and you say each of them is going to play somewhere between 50% and 66% of the snaps, then that's more or less your complete de- um, defensive tackle rotation done because you don't have two defensive tackles on there for every snap. Um, you're going to see times when um, you get. Um, who's it going to be like Miles Garrett comes inside or Vernon comes inside when you've got that full-on pass rush package and Avery comes on the edge. But then you've also got Richardson can play defensive end as well. So you might see times when he goes outside. You might see times when you've got a five-man front. Um, So more or less, you've got McCoy, Richardson and Okunjobi out there with Okunjobi in the middle as a full-on nose. And then you have Garrett and... Vernon running from the outside, I wouldn't like to see it that much. But I think you can keep them very, very fresh because McCoy possibly might pick up a couple of knocks. Um, I don't think he's regularly been playing 16 games. But if you can keep that sort of snap count down at 50 to sort to of 66%, I'll keep it as low, as low as 50 for all three of them. I think you're going to get a lot more production out of them. And that's the key thing to get. It's, it's fine having great players. But if, like last year, you have to play Miles Garrett, like 80% of the snaps, Miles Garrett can't be the best Miles Garrett can be if you have to use him that much. So I would keep that rotation fresh, but it wouldn't surprise me if McCoy potentially beat out Richardson. Um, and it doesn't really matter who's the starter. Who takes the first snap of the game is irrelevant. Um, it might be very much a week to week matchup sort, um, debate um, of who thinks they might work best against which, um, which people on the O-line, the opposition. So I, I think there's certainly a role for him um, and lots of rotation. Um, anyone on the D-line, if they're playing over 66% of snaps, your defensive coordinator's doing a bad job because keep them fresh, keep them going and keep them gunning for the uh, offence.
1: Jack, can you see at all, It's a bit of a crazy question, all four defensive ends starting across the D line.
0: What four defensive ends all starting? Um yeah, could, you,
1: could you see them all like, oh, not starting, but like all oh, playing the snap? Because you've mentioned before, like Miles um, Garrett come inside. Could could you could, could we ever see like um, uh, Garrett, um, uh, Garrett, Smith, Vernon,
0: Smith, Avery. Smith.
1: Yeah, all starting for uh, Not as they started, playing. All, all playing a snap together.
0: Yeah, I think it's certainly the case. If you're sort of looking at, say, third and f- third and 15 or plus, so third and 15, third and 20, that's certainly a front you could see. I think if you've got all three of them, so McCoy, Richardson, and um joby you're probably gonna have one of them out there. So it's probably yeah. say Garrett, you move inside, but you could certainly have the case where you have four people that are just lighter defensive ends going for it. Um I think if if we only have the two in Richardson and joby I think you're much more likely to see all four defensive ends. If you've got all three, you probably won't. And so that's the fault. It's a NASCAR package, four defensive ends, just go for them. Um, I, I'm, I've got no issue with that if, if there's no threat to running the ball which like 3rd and 15 it's not really going to happen get 4 defensive ends out there and let them go Miles um, Garrett caused some of his most damage last year from inside so um, no, I, I reckon you could certainly see that
1: Here's a question for you could, could we ever see um, any defensive tackles going on the outside at all or it just never happens
0: It wouldn't happen but obviously Richardson could um, because he has played there before. So, um, I don't think we're going to see it, but um, I wouldn't rule out Richardson maybe playing some snaps at defensive end, especially if someone goes down.
1: Okay, great. And, yeah, killer question, Matt, and I'll put you on the spot. What do you reckon um, McCoy would cost? Uh, what's your guess for a one-year contract?
0: Um, if it's a one-year contract, I think you're probably looking at a fully guaranteed, say, £10 million now um yeah i think you're probably looking around the 10 million mark um if it won't be as high as 13 because if it was 13 then you'd have just traded for him um because Tampa Bay would have taken say a sixth or a seventh and just got that deal done um so yeah i i thought it might be as low as four but With the teams that are interested, it might go a bit... Uh, Sorry, it's like a seven. Um, But with the teams interested, I don't think it will go that low. So maybe in the seven to ten range. But uh, I think it might just be a nice round. Ten million, one-year deal, all guaranteed. And um, no, it's just some other things to touch on that have been in the news. We've had um, Brown's special team coordinator... Mike Fifa-Pyther. I'm not sure how to pronounce his surname. I don't think it will ever come to me. Um, <laughs> expecting a great competition between kickers Greg Joseph and Austin Seabert. Um, I think it all indicates that Seabert's going to win. Um, even if they're on 50-50, Siebert gets the nod just because of A, the front office has invested in, in him. And even if he's slightly worse than... Um, Greg Joseph, they'll probably keep him because they'll believe that he can develop and they can improve him. Um, He's obviously got a little bit more flexibility, can punt, um, which is obviously you don't see it very often, but it's nice to be in a position where your kicker can punt and your punter can kick because if someone goes down, you feel a lot more comfortable and you you do get injuries to players in that position and then you're not having to wave someone else to bring someone in for a week or bring someone... um, in sort of during a game and sort of have Ocho Cinco taking a, uh, kicks like he begged before, but, um, that's there. And the other thing is, it was a interesting comments that came out, um, where the special teams coordinator basically said, uh, we're going to expect to see more starters <clears throat> on special teams, which isn't a bad thing. Um, you're going to get injuries across the season. So as long as it's not sort of the OBJs, them sort of really big players, Um, then by all means get me some uh, starters out there on special teams really making big contributions um, because you've got to win that third part of the game Um, all those hidden yards you can get off punts and things like that let's go out there and make the most of it
1: Yeah, someone like Callaway's looking like he's going to be the uh, return guy
0: Yeah, it certainly makes sense to have Callaway as the uh, returner Um, just make sure I did all the work in the off-season. Do not return kicks if they go into the end zone. They go into the end zone, just take that knee and then have the free 25 yards. Um, uh, no, I'll not be happy if I see any <laughs> from the end zone because you're just losing yardage.
1: Mate, that, um, that reminds me. Did you see the funny comment? I think it got over 100 likes. Um, Dorsey was about to... Uh he was about to sign uh, McCoy until he read uh, Jack Dovin's uh, capspace article. So, uh, Do you see that or not?
0: Yeah, I saw that. I gave that a retweet. It um, okay. made me laugh. Um, people were hating on me, but uh, I, I saw the funny side of it.
1: Um, yeah, I saw. Her. I didn't think it was any negative. I thought it was quite. <laughs> oh, yeah. you asked. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but um, no. At the end of the day, it's um, I presented a massive list of facts, and uh, some people don't like facts. But hey, these things happen. Um, but no, I I, I I laughed at it. Um, I, I'm ginger. I'm used to the abuse.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm the same. I've got ginger beer, so I'm the same thing. And, um, mate, uh, one question I've got for you is, if um, say if uh, we go with the um, the draft kicker, and do you think that um, Greg Joseph would get picked up by another NFL team?
0: Um, I don't think so at the minute. Um, but... Obviously, when you go sort of five, six weeks into the season, maybe an injury to a kicker or um, someone starts off poorly on bad form, then there might be a move there. Um, I think at first he wouldn't be in, but um, that can all change very quickly. Um, if kickers are having as bad an issues as they were last year, then um, slicing and dicing and moving on from kickers um, was happening. So. Yeah, it's it's one of them. I don't think he'd instantly walk into another team um, because he hasn't got that much on tape. He had some shorter kicks, um, which were okay, but uh, it, it, teams want to know that if they get a forty-yard field goal, that you're going to make it um, the majority of the time. And neither Browns kicker's got that really solid history from sort of forty-plus.
1: Yeah, I think some of the the draft. I've always called it Seberts, whatever. Um, people were saying about him was that he's never had the opportunity of long kicks versus mm. that he's not that good at it. But there's, here's a question for you, because if that's the case with Greg Joseph, just say he goes to another team, do we need to find a lower quality, a free agent that we can just call up any time during the season if we get a major injury to our kicker?
0: No, I think kicker is one of those positions that, there's sort of enough of them. It's a bit like running backs where there's a lot of depth and there are all of lots of them are very similar level um, that you can just pick up the phone and bring somebody in. And even if it's someone that's retired and they're still in shape, they'll just hop back into the team. So now kickers, there's more than 32 of them. um, There's about 50. So um, you can just pick up the phone and bring someone in. Yeah. They're not going to kick like Justin Tucker. Um, but at the end of the day, it's a free agent. There's lots of very similar talent players. You just bring in a couple and give them a try out and then sign the one that you prefer that day. Um, and also, who has the better link with sort of the the punter that's holding it, the long sapper and just getting that sort of chemistry there. But um, it's, uh, I, I've got no issue there. They'll just pick someone up if uh, Austin Siebert goes down.
1: Okay. Uh, any, any other news? I've got one piece, but uh, I'll ask if
0: you want anything else first. Yeah, there was just this article that came out um, a couple of days ago with John Dorsey in a press conference saying, don't believe the hype around Cleveland this season. Um, he's playing expectation management, which I fully understand It's an important thing to do um, in any walk of life. But the hype is there for a reason. You have the biggest overspend and most expensive roster in NFL history. Um, you've invested lots into this team. um, And not only is it like the most expensive D-line, if McCoy gets signed, the most expensive wide receiver room, that's two of the three most expensive positions. You've also got the luxury of a really cheap roster in parts because you've got so many key players on rookie deals. So in terms of what we're up against teams, I still argue the point that on paper, this is the best um, NFL roster Constructed since 2011. I don't know before that because I haven't really looked into past stuff based on salary cap and other stuff. But since 2011, this will be on paper the best NFL roster we've ever seen. And fans are rightly have high expectations. If we don't win more than one playoff game, there's going to be questions asked because he said time and time again, I'm not going all in, I'm not going all in he might say that he might even believe it based on all the moves he's made. He is going all in. So the advantage of going all in as a fan is the buzz is amazing. Um, Expectations through the roof, but then on the other end, delivering on that, if he's not winning at least one playoff game this year, then there's questions going to be asked of Dorsey. There's questions going to be asked of Freddie. There's questions asked of which direction we go, because this isn't sustainable for more than two years. Um, So, I'm buzzing. It's going to be an amazing season. Um, If we get McCoy, it's going to be even better. But I don't think Dorsey can turn around with a straight face and say, um, don't believe the hype around Cleveland this season, because the hype is real. The hype is deserved. And now it's time for him to go out and deliver.
1: Yeah, I can only comment about my weekend in Cleveland and actually the whole of America. When I'm travelling around in my Browns starter jacket... People in Detroit are talking to me, going ten and six, twelve and four. You know, they really believe that the Browns are going to win the uh, win the division and uh, do something this year. So, um, yes, yeah, not just Cleveland. I think everywhere is hyped about the Browns.
0: Oh yeah, quite right. Everyone's excited. You speak to anyone in the UK and you go Browns, and they're like, wow. And it's just, wow. Not even another word just needs to come out. It's just like, wow. Because everyone can see something special is happening and uh, it is really exciting.
1: Yeah. And uh, Odell is back in Europe. Do you see that?
0: Yeah, I saw he was in the Monaco Grand Prix. Um, Why not? Live life and enjoy it. If you can go to Monaco and uh, watch the Grand Prix, then uh, I wouldn't turn that invite down.
1: Yeah, and it's really nice because Odell's got this huge... Um, link with the British, you know, I've seen him online uh, wearing a Beckham shirt, hanging out with Lewis Hamilton, coming over to London a lot, I think uh, think he's he's after an English passport
0: (laughs) Uh, Who knows at the end of the day if if he's got enough money he's got enough sort of uh, connections that, why not go to all the greatest sporting events in the world and and go see these people so uh, good luck to him Yeah good, and if anyone
1: puts a negative spin on him Traveling to Europe, yeah. Wh- why not? It's his holiday, and he's having fun. You know, he's it's, he's not depressed, sitting at home in a bad place. He's traveling the world, seeing the world. So, uh, yeah, I've only got uh, great things to say about old Odell, and uh, yeah, thank. Luckily, no one's really giving him a, a hard time. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think you're going to see lots of nonsense in the media and that's always going to be there because you bring in someone that is one of the biggest faces in a sport, then there's going to be stories written about them every day and that just doesn't bother me. I don't care. Um, As long as he's doing it between the white lines, what he does off it, as long as it's not illegal or just disgusting, then uh, so be it. Um, let Let him go party. Um, so no it's, it's exciting times
1: yeah okay alright Jack well look, I'm just about getting to Heathrow I need to uh, fly uh, I'm going to try and do a meet up in Hamburg this week so any uh, German Browns fans listen maybe one or two of us together uh, maybe one or two Jagerbombs I don't want to go as crazy as last weekend so uh, or maybe a few sociable uh, beers so uh, yeah, that's the plan this week and, uh, Yeah, I'm going to start getting the podcast all diarised up and less of a uh, free spirit and get some big guests back on.
0: Fantastic. Have a brilliant time, buddy. It's always good to catch up and uh, I'll see you next week.
1: All right. Take care.